0: Hi everyone, I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Jeremy.
0: Welcome to House Calls, a podcast where we take your questions on all things related to homes, design, or anything else about buildings and the places people dwell.
1: Call 1-800-511-6842 to get your questions answered.
0: And remember, the advice might only be worth what you paid for it.
1: Rachel, this is Jeremy and Mike calling from the House Calls podcast. How are you?
2: Good, how are you doing?
1: Hey, doing all right. What's going on with your home?
2: It's hard for me to decide. Should I put an addition on the house? Because eventually I think my mom's just going to live with me, so I'd have her like in the in-law apartment or like a two-bedroom mm-hmm. behind the house. Mm-hmm. Or should I buy a house? Because mm. I think like, the prices of the houses are kind of high, too high at this time.
1: And so is the price of construction. Oh, is it? Everything's expensive right now. Labor is expensive. Building materials are expensive. Finishes are expensive. Everything's expensive. Mm. Um, where do you live? Where are you calling from?
2: Um, Western New York. Okay. In West Seneca.
1: Right outside Buffalo.
2: Yep. Because I have enough room in the back because I have like um, 264. It's on by 264. So, what do you, you know, like estimate? Like, I'm not looking for nothing fancy. Do you know, like, what the estimate costs are just for a two bedroom or you don't?
1: It, it's so uh. tough to say. There's, there's so many variables. I mean, we can, we could just shout out a square footage price for construction. $250
0: but per square foot.
1: There, he just shouted out for us. Th-
0: that's probably uh, okay. that's probably a minimum. Now, how many square feet are you looking at?
2: Well, I just want like two bedrooms, um, a bathroom, and a living room and kitchen, like, together.
0: So, almost another apartment on the building. Right. Right. Yeah, you're probably looking at...
1: Maybe a thousand square feet?
0: That might be
1: good. And now, so here's something to remember, that if you're adding a kitchen and a bathroom, the square footage price for those sections is more, more, is more expensive than, yeah. let's just say, if you were to build a garage, yeah. for example.
0: You're probably looking at 300 a square foot when it's all said and done. And it's a renovation, which means you have to go backwards a little bit to go forward. So that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. I guess you yeah. also
1: have to decide how how much longer you want to be in your home. Can we ask you maybe a bit of a personal question, okay. Mike? Do you know where I'm going with this? I have no idea. Is the house paid for?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Yes.
1: It is paid oh, for. Okay. All right. Let's just say you're looking at two hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Let's say three hundred.
1: Let's say three hundred, Michael. Because two
0: fifty these days is. Uh, it seems that that's like a starter house price these days. And the reason I
1: asked where you were calling from is because I'm originally from Syracuse. I went to school in Buffalo, so I have a pretty decent understanding of what homes cost in what uh, geographic regions.
0: Rachel, is it possible to buy a neighboring home, a house next door, maybe two houses away? Because at a 1,000 square feet, $300 a square foot, that's a chunk of change. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. What is that? It's like thirty thousand. I mean, a thousand times what? Three hundred.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a lot of money.
1: So you know, maybe uh, you know, if you think that that three hundred thousand dollars is too much to add on, you know, a thousand square feet onto right. your home, right? Maybe you want to start looking at buying a different home, maybe having a realtor start looking for homes that already have an in-law apartment.
0: Yeah. It's adding up. Yeah, it does add up quick.
1: One other option, and this is something to think about, and again, we, it would come back to the stair solution or the stair issue, would be, is there any way that you could add an in-law apartment in your basement?
2: My daughter actually is living in there right now. I have an egress window. I've got a bathroom down there. I just have to put the shower down there.
1: Okay. So maybe that, that so could potentially be, be a that. solution.
2: Yeah. But I'd be the one downstairs and she, my mother would be
0: the
1: one upstairs. Right. Understood.
0: Best case scenario keep your house since it's paid for and make arrangements in the space that you have at this time. Otherwise, you could buy a, you know, three, four. $350,000 square house, and you could probably fit everybody easily.
1: Right. One other thing to think about, as if we haven't given you enough, <laughs> would be maybe in, in, if, if you have a realtor that you trust, a real estate agent, who can talk about square footage pricing on buying. Meaning, right. hey, if, if you're, buying. yeah, so if you're if you want to stay in West Seneca or, you know, one of the other south towns, you know, what can you expect to pay for something that's, let's call it a turnkey home, right. meaning it already has an in-law apartment, maybe it needs some a little bit of renovation work, but it essentially has an in-law apartment and you're, it's ready for, for you and your family to move in. A good realtor should help you run the numbers on spending 300000 on your existing home that's paid for versus finding a home that already meets your needs.
2: Right. Because I'm not one to like renovate it myself, so
1: that's going to add
0: up too. Sure, right. I,
2: mean, I can paint. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was that expensive to put on the addition.
0: Yeah, it's pricey today. We get we're getting a lot of these calls lately. Is it really that expensive? It really is that expensive.
2: All right. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, thanks for calling in. Yeah. All have right. a great day. Thanks. Take care. Yep. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Jk.
1: Michael, we just bursted another bubble. We're
0: dream crushers.
1: I feel bad.
0: So do I. You think 300,000 really is what it would cost to add 1,000 square feet?
1: No, I think it would be less. How much? I think it's important to set the bar high.
0: And prepare for the worst.
1: Our next call is from somebody named Brian. And he's calling from Albany.
0: What do you, like, spreading the word up there?
1: I'm certainly trying.
0: Okay, good. Let's take it. Hey, Brian, this is Mike and Jeremy at the House Calls Podcast. How's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? We're doing all right. Where are you calling from? Fill us in. Calling from uh, Albany, New York. Albany, New York. We got a lot of
1: calls from Albany.
0: I'm starting to suspect that they might be Jeremy's friends.
1: It's geographical. It has to be. What's going on? I have a sign.
3: It is a wood sign made out of some kind of crossboard. I think somebody could have been me, liberated it from a ski resort at some point. (laughs) It is is a trail marker. It is about three and a half feet wide. Yeah. It is about 10 inches, maybe a little bit more than that tall. Um, So it is a a horizontal sign. And it weighs a few pounds. Uh, I haven't weighed it. And it is about an inch thick. Mm-hmm. And I am uncertain as
1: to how to mount this on the wall in my office. Uh-huh.
3: This is
0: a good
1: question. It's a great question. I just love that you said that it was liberated from a ski resort. Are you at liberty to tell us where where it was stolen from? I
3: am hoping that the statute of limitations is in effect here because... Uh, because when this alleged incident <laughs> took place, we were... I would say this was the Clinton administration, and so...
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say it um, was like last week or something.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, I would say uh, that uh, a certain ski resort in southern Vermont uh, may or may not have uh, have noticed this gone missing back in the late 90s.
0: Well, listen, uh, the statute of limitations does not expire when you admit guilt. So you're supposed to say, Brian that you woke up one morning and it was in your front yard
1: <laughs> so you want to you want to mount this sign on your office wall
0: is it rotten is it soft and rotten in any way
1: it is uh, not rotten it is solid nice and you want you just want to take this and just like just put it right on the wall like uh v- rather than putting it in a frame or some other type of mount. Ideally there wouldn't be any visible hardware.
0: I have your answer.
1: Mike apparently has the one and only answer on how to do this. I
0: have the I don't have the one and only. I only have the best answer.
1: Okay, Mike, go ahead.
0: It doesn't really matter how heavy this sign is, which I'm guessing is quite heavy. If it's three and a half feet, inch thick, maybe twelve inches high, it probably weighs maybe thirty pounds.
1: Get out of thirty pounds? No.
3: Let's no, just say it like, weighs 30 it's pounds. It's got to five pounds or less, maybe three pounds.
0: So here's how <laughs> you're going to hang it. You're going to hang it with what's called...
1: Let me get... Can I guess? Go for it. A French cleat?
0: Exactly. Yes, but yes. you want to get a nice metal one. So they sell metal ones. Go on Amazon, type in that fancy search bar: aluminum French cleat. Mm-hmm. I would I would be more specific, and uh, and then just make sure your screws are long enough. Make sure they're at least three quarter. If it's an inch thick, make sure they're at least three quarter inch long, and they're the proper screws. They're not aluminum screws. They're either stainless or steel or whatever. And you fasten one side of the French cleat onto the wall according to the directions. Hang one side on the wall. Hang the other side on the uh, on the uh, sign. And you're just gonna plop that sucker right on. But the screws that go into the wall, it'd be best if they were into two by fours. So wait, or studs somehow.
1: I want to interject a second. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know, and you might not know, but do you know if the studs in your office wall are wood or metal? I can find out. Um, my sense is that they are metal. Okay. The only reason I ask is because some coarse thread screws might not want to grab into metal studs the way that a fine thread screw would. You disagree, Mike? Pre-drill the hole. Yeah, I would pre-drill the hole anyway. What options do I have if I wanted to just put it right into
3: the wall without putting it into a stud?
0: So what you're asking is, what would you do if you wanted to attach the other side of the French cleat to the wall and it's not into the studs?
1: Is that what you're asking? Okay.
0: Yeah. You would use a... um,
1: Some sort of drywall anchor. Yeah. Brian, we're going to explain what a French cleat is, okay? A French cleat is two parts. You have the cleat that goes on the wall, and you have the cleat that goes on the back of your... um, Whatever you're hanging. Yeah, whatever you're hanging.
0: Sign that you stole, whatever.
1: So I was going to say contraband, but I don't know (laughs) if that's right. So basically, picture two wedges or bevels or angles, and you put the one on the wall facing up... And open and you put the one on the back side of the sign facing down and what I would call closed. And then you you basically hook the sign over the cleat and it's it's a very, very simple design. I don't I don't really can you explain that better than me, what a French cleat is? No,
0: that's about right.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. Good show's over. Good luck, Brian. <laughs> 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 Do I have to get a French cleat that is as long
3: as the entire width of the sign or can it be can it be shorter? No. It can be shorter.
0: It can be much shorter. That's the beauty of a French cleat. However, you're gonna have to use a little bit of your um grade school engineering at this point. It has to be big enough to disperse enough of the weight to carry the load. So it'd probably have to be if it's three and a half feet long, it which sh- it should be at least twenty, twenty four inches, maybe.
1: Suddenly Mike's an engineer.
0: I, grade school engineer.
1: All right. So w- were we helpful, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> we are certainly going to find
3: out. <laughs> you...
0: oh, oh, and Brian, here's the, here's the best part. When you hang that French cleat, the side on the wall, make sure it's dead level. Mm-hmm. And then make sure that the side on the sign is exactly the same dimension down from the top of the sign. And you don't even have to think about leveling. You just hook it on there and boom, level. No problem.
1: Thanks for your help, guys. Thanks, Brian. I think Brian is probably looking on Amazon right now for a 22-inch long French cleat.
0: Yeah, he'll probably order it. Bam, it'll be here two days from now.
1: Unless it gets dropped from a drone. Might be here this evening.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing.
1: Uh, Well, you got a beer bottle in here. We've got cords everywhere. We need to take a break. All right, we'll take a break, clean up, and come back in a minute.
0: Yeah, hang in there. Jeremy. Michael. Let me save the listeners your intro because you and these lists, you and these lists, you're a man of lists.
1: I am a man of lists, but in my defense, Michael, yeah, I get good feedback on these lists. It's
0: true. I like it. Let's get into okay, it. Okay. Well, so this list here, I'm a little concerned about this. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you need to make sure that you are as safe as possible when you're dealing with tools or construction in general.
1: All right, let's get into the list. All right, here we go. Okay, after you've put on your personal protective equipment, PPE, you can start playing around with these tools. So we did in episode eight, the homeowner tools for general maintenance. Yeah. In episode 11, we did sort of the intermediate next level homeowner tools for DIY. Yeah. And now we're gonna go to the homeowner tools for advanced DIY. Advanced. So now you what now do you
0: consider advanced.
1: Maybe you're gonna build a deck.
0: What about doing some trim work, mill work?
1: Yeah, cabinet all trim? that. Okay. Yep. Maybe you're gonna do a bathroom or a kitchen remodel.
0: Bookshelves. Everybody does bookshelves. I
1: would I would consider these tasks something that you would otherwise be hiring a contractor for. Okay, shoot. Okay, number one. An impact driver. Impact
0: driver. Why?
1: Well, on the last list, we did a a drill. Yeah. Cordless drill. But an impact driver does a little bit more. Number two. Yeah. Table saw.
0: Okay. Hold on. Slow down. I know. We have to- Do you know how many people lose fingers, hands, digits, eyes, get impaled by table saws? How can you get impaled by a table saw?
1: If you are pushing something through the saw against the fence- parallel to the blade yeah and you tweak that board the wrong way yep and it catches that blade which is spinning towards you at
0: like thousand miles an hour
1: at like a thousand miles an hour yep and you're and you're not careful and you don't know how to hold that board straight yep that board can come back at you in less than the blink of an eye
0: so how can you eliminate that
1: Uh, make sure you don't put crazy wonky lumber through your table saw. That's
0: one. But two, you can have the anti-kickback blade that's past the blade, always installed. Never, Never take it off. Table saw companies say never take the guard off. Right, the blade guard. That's the first thing that comes off. Right, everybody does. I don't, but everybody else does. Okay, <laughs> but they're now they've gotten smart enough that the uh, the anti pinch blade behind mm-hmm. the blade.
1: You don't have to take the riving knife. Riving
0: knife. You don't have to take that off anymore. Right. Okay.
1: Number three, three on the list: miter saw. Miter saw. Also
0: another very dangerous piece. of
1: very dangerous, um, but you can do so much with them oh, yeah. when they're when they're really tuned up well, yep. you can cut, trim lumber. Uh, you can do a lot. You can bevel, you can miter, you can do compound cuts. Yeah. you can make very, very precise cuts. The best part
0: is you could shave a little bit off of a cut to make it a perfect cut. so go ahead, compressor with for nail guns.
1: no, I well, I put compressor with nail guns, and this is um. why I think if you're a homeowner, to buy a single compressor and then to buy several different nail guns can get pricey. If you can buy sort of like a startup kit that has the compressor and two or three or four guns in that kit,
0: yeah.
1: I think it's a good way to start. Alrighty, next on the list, I have laser level. And now in in the last top 10 list, oh, wow. we talked about string lines yeah. and we talked about squares And we talked about...
0: Creating a laser line with a string.
1: What were the three things you said? We built the pyramids Oh, we
0: always build with levels, lines, and squares. Thank you. Yeah. When you say laser level, do you mean like a bubble level with a laser on it?
1: I mean a device that shoots a laser line. Around the room? Either horizontal, vertical. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you have it set up in a corner of a room and it's shooting a level line yep. all the way across the got room
0: it. at whatever height you set it at whatever
1: height you want yeah. then you want the top of those kitchen base cabinets at that laser line yeah got it windows right. uh pictures got it. all all types of things understand its limitations what are the limitations well if you don't have it set level to begin with it's not going to shoot level exactly. also understand that over a certain feet in beam length it starts to lose accuracy Next on the list, block plane. Yeah. I want you to handle this one. Why Why should somebody have a block plane?
0: Because they want to learn how to sharpen
1: blades. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because if you don't have a sharp blade on a block plane, you may as well not have the block plane.
1: And you being the carpenter that you are... Tell the listeners what you would want a block plane for.
0: Most of the time, you're going to use a block plane just to, typically when you're scribing something to a wall, you'd you'd want to have your block plane handy. When you're making a freehand cut with a jigsaw, you might want to mellow it out with a block plane, or you might want to back back cut something to make sure that it fits just so. Chisel. Chisel. You mean one that you hammer into concrete?
1: Well, it's funny you say that. I like to keep what I refer to as crap chisels. Me too. Which, if you have a little piece of maybe aluminum flashing in the way and you can't cut that aluminum flashing out, get your crap chisel and just slam it on that aluminum flashing, it's going to come right off.
0: And you'll feel like a pro carpenter.
1: (laughs) I also like to keep a sharp chisel that is only used for wood.
0: So I do the same. I think all good carpenters do. They keep crap chisel. They keep good ones in their toolbox for actual woodworking or whatever. But that crap chisel, most people never sharpen it. Me being the carpenter I am, (laughs) I take that chisel right over to the orbital. Yep. And I orbital the bevel, and then I flip it over flat, and I sharpen the flat. And it's still a crap chisel, but it's a sharp crap chisel. That's
1: right. And you just dressed it up on the job site. Yeah, every time. You can also use it to pry things. Oh, yeah. So you don't necessarily need that sharp edge to cut things. You can almost use it as as like a mini pry bar. Next on the list is a framing square. Right. Now, just for the listeners, a framing square basically looks like an L. It's a big L. It's a big L. It's graduated. It has tons and tons and tons of numbers on it. So the
0: framing square comes from timber framing. Mm
1: -hmm. That's why it's called framing square
0: not from stick framing, because it was around long before that. So basically the inch and a half and the two inch are the dimensions that all tenons and mortises Uh deal with in regular two by or six by or four by lumber.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, even I learned something tonight.
0: Well, you know, every once in a while, Jeremy, I try to bring it.
1: The inch and a half side is 16 inches long. The two inch side is 24 inches long. That's right. And it's good for checking square corners, Uh making sure, let's say you set a base cabinet into an inside corner. Maybe you wanna check to see if that inside corner is square before you set that cabinet. You got it. Two more things on the list. Let's get to them quickly. Uh, Number nine, chalk line. Some people call it a chalk box, but basically it's a string line. It winds into a miniature little box that's filled with chalk. You would pull it out in a long length, you would Set it just over your work, and when you pull up on that line and let it snap back on your work, it leaves a chalk line. That's a mark for fastening, a mark for cutting.
0: Yeah, and last on the list, angle grinder. How did that end up on the list?
1: I was thinking about how frequently I use my angle grinder, and I I have a four and a half inch angle grinder. It's corded. Yeah. The thing is, you can get all types of wheels and discs for them. You can You can cut metal. You can grind metal, you can cut concrete, you can grind concrete, you can shape wood, you can polish with them, yeah. you can cut rebar, yeah. you can do all kinds of things with a grinder. My
0: grinder has a thin metal cutting blade on it at all times and what I use it for is cutting nails and screws after demo work.
1: I do the same. So, angle grinder, this is something you also have to be very, very careful with. They spin super fast. Even the best blades can come apart. They can go flying. You got to be careful. There's sparks. There's silica dust. There's all kinds of things. So, please be careful with an angle grinder. You probably don't
0: need safety glasses or anything, right? Oh, stop
1: it. And that's it, that's our top 10 list.
0: That's it, all right, I love it.
1: Let's quickly run through it just to remind people.
0: We got impact driver, table saw, miter saw, compressor with nail guns, laser level.
1: Block plane, chisel, framing square, chalk line, and angle grinder. Yeah, and
0: as always, everybody out there, please be careful. Do not assume you can handle it. Make sure you can.
1: And that's the end of that top 10 list. As
0: my 14-year-old daughter would say, That's the tea.
2: If you have a question for Jeremy and Mike, call 1-800-511-6842 and be a part of our next show. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the House Calls podcast, recorded at Silver Hollow Audio with your hosts, Mike Wentland and Jeremy Castle.
1: This episode was produced by Brett Barry, edited by Maxine
0: Gross. Intermission music is... Loopster by Kevin MacLeod, distributed by Anchor. Be sure to click that subscribe button and call us
1: so we can feature your home question on the show. 1-800-511-6842. That's 1-800-511-6842.
0: Until next time, thanks for tuning in.